I really would like Willem Dafoe to play Joker, but if I in an ideal world, Jake Gyllenhaal. Interesting mm. casting. In an ideal okay. world, Jake Gyllenhaal. Have you seen Nightcrawler? <laughs> right, oh, Nightcrawler or uh, Okja. If you or merge Oakja. the oh Gyllenhaals, if we have a joining of the Gyllenhaals and they unite and we take a little bit of Nightcrawler, we take a little bit of Okja and we fuse them together. Yeah, and maybe a little uh, bit so of prisoners. Maybe a little bit of prisoners. <laughs> Little bit of prisoners, and then of course a dash of Prince of Persia. And uh, <laughs> uh, why are you talking uh, about Prince of Persia? Because we I are... can't bring up Jake Gyllenhaal and him not bring up Prince of Persia. Why I'm is sorry. He not been he... held accountable for his behavior because he was young I... and needed money. <laughs> Idris Elba was in a Ghost Rider movie. Young. You got to forgive well, actors right. occasionally. <laughs> when? All right. When's fucking Donnie Darko? When is this? We're whoa, this is the whoa, second whoa, episode whoa, in whoa. a row. We're gonna fucking call out <laughs> Gyllenhaal. Donnie Darko is 2001. Coincidence? Um, and then <laughs> oh, Prince God. of Persia film. Oh, no, Kevin. I'm not saying Kevin, that Donnie Darko. So Don't explain it. Don't explain it. Keep going. Coincidence? Not saying that it is. I didn't say anything. You oh, might have heard it. I might have meant it, but I never said it. Oh, what episode um, is that? Uh, that is from Accounting for Lawyers, I uh, think. Um, so Prince of Persia is a full decade post Donnie Darko. My man is not hard up. Brokeback oh. Mountain done already cumped out. Okay. Cumped he, out. my man is not out on no, the you're right. street. You're right. He's been in Jarhead, Zodiac Brothers, Rendition, Brokeback Mountain. My man has already worked with Sam Mendes, David Fincher, uh, whoever directed Prince of Persia, no one knows. You, oh, I'm looking it up right fucking now. He has now. removed his name from time. Alan Smithy be his name. Um, and this is the second episode in a row where we're fucking just taking Gyllenhaal to task for Prince of Persia. I It's the least of anyone's problems right now. I do think maybe the guillotine needs to get dusted off for old Dick Gyllenhaal. No, hold on. He's not the bad guy. <laughs> I guess well, maybe not. he is. I, I'm, I'm caught up. Did you say guillotine? Was that like guillotine said, and Gyllenhaal combined? It is now. Yeah, yeah we're getting out the guillotine. Jake Gyllenhaal. <laughs> and we're going to take him out. We're going to trot him out into town square. And he's either going to apologize for Prince of Persia or shunk. <laughs> Say you're sorry. <laughs> so the guy yeah. who directed it's named Mike Newell, and he directed Harry Potter and uh, the Goblet of Fire. Yeah. Uh, and Donnie Brasco, which are probably Four Weddings and a Funeral. And Into the West. Those are his four notables. Mike Newell, the guillotine waits for thee, but you're you're good for now. You're you you're okay. Love in the time of cholera. That's him. He did that to us. <laughs> What? <laughs> Love in the time of cholera. Uh, pushing tin. We all know pushing tin. You don't have to tell me about pushing tin. A movie in which a feud develops between two air traffic controllers, one cocky and determined, while the other is restrained and laid back, which inevitably affects their lives. You don't have to tell me about pushing tin. Oh my yo, yo, hold up. Jake Gyllenhaal's clean. He's clean. I think I learned a lot from that movie in that I spent a lot of time I spend a lot of time trying to be very thoughtful about the roles I pick and why I'm picking them. And I spend you're a lot bound of time considering up. my you're own caucasity. And you're I, bound to slip up and be like, that wasn't for to me. Yeah, that wasn't right for me. <laughs> that didn't fit perfectly. And there have been a number of roles like that. And then a number of roles that do. But he straight up says <laughs> Prince of Persia is one of the worst cases of Hollywood whitewashing. Okay. So like Okay. okay. Yeah. 
You're, okay. you're cool, dude. You're cool. All right. At least, at least he knows it now. All right. All right, Jake. I guess. You know what, Jake? Yeah, how, no bad how blood. Old is he? We, how old is he? I just, not young. I don't know. Because again, Donnie Brasco. <laughs> he's old enough to know better. <laughs> Donnie Darko caused 9-11, so he's that old. Uh, Damn it, bro. Kevin. Chill. <laughs> he is uh, 1980. Hold on, 1980. 39 so years young. So he did Prince of Persia in 2010. So he was 30. Okay, bud. Yeah, okay. Like, I do I appreciate me, that like we can grow and learn. I would, I would like to be given the freedom to make a few mistakes in a couple of years and be okay with it. Yeah. Jake, well, I mean, I yeah, but also, like, hey, Jake, you got a shit ton of money. Have you paid reparations? <laughs> did you go to Persia, Jake? And did you did you pay out alms for Persia? I am sorry. I am sorry. Uh, listen, I, I bear him no ill will, but, like, he was 30 years old when it happened. It's like, I hate to invoke his name on the show, but it's like when people are like, oh, you know, Donald Trump said some racist stuff in the past, but he's learned. I'm like, he is 75 goddamn years old. When he, when he said this, he was 50 fucking years old. He's not young and naive. <laughs> he knew what he was doing. Also... I mean, I love that that's the part of that claim you're picking apart as if the part where he said racist stuff in the past wasn't the operative lie of that statement. Right, 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 right. I'm sorry. Right, he yes, says it yes. constantly. Well, he yeah. said it in the past so. and now. He said he did say it in the past. Those are in the past. And he's also doing new ones now. I saw, I saw in the spirit of how things are going, I have been getting into far too many <laughs> Facebook feuds. And I saw, this wasn't even a feud that I participated all that much I saw on someone else's post, there's an article going around, I wish I could tell you who wrote it or who published it, but I don't care that much about uh, media outlets right now, so it doesn't even matter. But it said, um, Donald Trump is a racist, and if you support him, you are too. And somebody was like, no, 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 he's not! Uh -uh. <laughs> so I literally, I just, I'm cracking up, and all I said was, great counter-argument! Because, like, like, what? No, is it? No. So, yo, so let me. <laughs> I haven't gotten off the Prince of Persia bend. Um, oh Gemma don't? Arterton. Oh. Gemma Arterton. Uh huh. White British played Tamina. Alfred Molina played Sheik Amar. Nope. Okay. Toby Kebble played Garciv. So this Richard is something. Coyle played Tuss. A guy named Ronald Pickup played King Sharaman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's it's bad all the way down. So I said so I did research, Kev. I did research and uh -huh. found the real culprit, the casting director. <laughs> My yeah. God. And Susie Figus, Figus, I don't know. We'll call her Figus. Has cast Miss Peregrine's Home for Peculiar Children, and no one can forget oh. what Samuel L. Jackson looked like in that movie. Absolutely. Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone, The Full Monty, and Alice in Wonderland as her most notables. Okay, I now there's some we're... fucking shit shows in there. However, <laughs> how, like there are some actual hate crimes in there. However, <laughs> Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone is one of yep. the best cast movies in the history yep. of time. I oh, she, should have she should have retired in 2001. Yeah, but you she saw Donnie Darko oh, and said, I got ideas for this kid. <laughs> oh, <laughs> God damn it. Is this like a new recur? Oh, God. Coincidence? Look, 
can I just can I just say I want to say something for any of the any of the people listening right now who are you know trans or genderqueer or anything like that because we're talking about Harry Potter. Oh yeah, Jake Gyllenhaal. Oh, I'm going on right now. And the look, fucking Jake Gyllenhaal of the publishing world. Truly. Oh, don't give her that much credit. Kevin, don't give don't give her that much credit. Don't so give like, Jake. Don't give Jake Gyllenhaal that much heat. No, yeah, <laughs> you're right. Jake Jake has realized the I error of his ways. I am sorry. I I apologize to Jake. Profusely, I I am sorry to Jake for Not comparing you to Jake. Apologize Gabriel. to him that much. Kevin's but... last comment comes with a subtitle: "The Imperfect Metaphor." <laughs> yes, uh, but yeah, for all of for all of the trans and genderqueer listeners, I just want to say, like, for a lot of people that I know that are in our community, like Harry Potter was massive. Like, just just the the feeling of being an outsider, and you know feeling like there was something more and not understanding just like honestly like even if you dive into it just like magic as a metaphor for like not understanding what's going on within your own body and like you know just like i i, I don't even know how to really dive into like because every uh, almost every trans or non-conforming or genderqueer or non-binary person i know has some sort of standing relationship with harry potter most people do point blank um and it's been really it, exciting well first of all uh just just a friendly reminder from the non-binary queer on this podcast that you are valid she does not know what she's talking about don't let her get in your head just because these books were important to you doesn't mean that they have to stop being important to you because she was able to tap into something that honestly she's too stupid to even understand what she did um and it's really important for us to pay attention to the the stuff that Daniel Radcliffe is saying right now, uh, where he's holding her accountable and basically saying, "Look, like you don't know what you're talking about." Um, and it's just important. Speak, you know, speaking of casting of that first movie, like they did that shit, and like yeah. quite frankly, that's 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 who we look to in these times: the people that are able to say, "Hey." You gave me this platform, but I'm still gonna hold your ass to the fire when you do stupid shit. And um, yeah, it's uh, it's wow. Well, I'm I'm kind of losing track. I was I'm kind of losing track of what I was saying because it was it's such a like a weird and important thing. Yeah, it's just it's especially heinous that she decided to while this whole thing is going on, where we're talking about Black Lives Matter and we're addressing police brutality and systemic racism in America and also throughout a lot of structures throughout the world but mostly in america the fact that she took the time to not say anything about that but instead really lean in and be explicit in her turfiness just goes to show she doesn't know what she's doing she doesn't know what she's talking about she got lucky and she wrote something far bigger than she ever was um so just know that you are loved you are valid and uh trans is magic more so than J.K. Rowling could ever understand. That's right. I love it. And and that is the perfect segue into uh, the the show. No, I, I am really glad that you put that out there because J.K. Rowling, it, one of the most famous people on the planet, is saying some fucking heinous-ass shit in the Whoa, middle dude. of all of this. In uh, the, yeah, I mean, she should like... not she should not say it if there was nothing else going on. But the, I mean, but, true. But that she's trotting it out now. 
she just someone was like black lives matter she said did someone say biological essentialism it's just like <laughs> it was like no one did no jk no, no. no. put it away put it have away you guys seen that, have you guys seen that amazing i don't know if he's a comedian or what but his name's sean not sean spicer that's not it something spicer the only sean he, there is only one <laughs> <laughs> it's something spicer there's another spicer there's only one sean though but he uh it's called like recording or something from another room where it's basically him sitting on his couch with a headset acting like he's giving speaking notes to these people yeah like trump yeah. or <laughs> boris johnson i wish he would do one for jk rowling's tweets <laughs> right i think she needs to just get on camera and and well and she say should it, not... just say all this stuff once i mean i'm perfectly content with her not getting any spotlight yes no, i right. i was about right. to say she should get on camera and say it but no she absolutely should not yeah, she should just keep turf ass quiet but if anybody finds some <laughs> old tapes of her being a turfy ass turf you know, if if we're spying on her phone calls and someone in the NSA wants to leaky those files, you know, I think we I think we could really fucking bring her down once and for all. Yeah, just I, yeah. Did anyone yeah. notice that J.K. Rowling's nose is receding back and becoming a snake nose? Did anyone else notice that she's becoming and she's expressing she's... these pure blood um, <laughs> ideals? Did anyone else notice that? Are you trying to tell me that J.K. Rowling may in fact be Voldemort? <laughs> I mean, I, sorry, I thought, sorry, Tom, I thought, Tom Marvolo Riddle. I don't want to say. I, that. <laughs> Thank you. He must not be named. Um, I, I'm just, I'm not, I'm not saying. I'm saying, but I'm not saying. <laughs> oh, I used, I used to think she was more of an umbrage, and now I'm like, oh shit, she's not that. She's not even like being passive about it anymore. No. Yeah, she's not. So, she's yeah. not sneaky enough to be on bridge. She's not sneaky. She's full blown Death Eater, and I'm like, okay, goodbye. Well, we all know how <laughs> this ends. A baby <laughs> needs to kill her. A baby. She's a, needs a, to a, 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 <laughs> <laughs> she's a she's a dementor. Yeah, I, yeah, exactly. She's fucking going around sucking out souls. You know, the only solution <laughs> is to eat a lot of chocolate. You know, fucking. I'm just saying, like, maybe a baby needs to end this once and for all. <laughs> all right well now if that isn't the perfect segue into the episode then i don't know what is uh welcome yes. back to advanced community studies uh i am one of your hosts tv's kevin lanigan and i thought you were dead man I, I was hoping one of y'all would do that because i kept thinking i was like wow i've been gone for a couple weeks now and i'm thinking like i was just in my head, envisioning the welcome back that I wanted, which would be just Troy going, Jeff, Jeff Winger. Winger, you son, you of, a son bitch. of a bitch, the greatest thing. Call me son of a bitch because I'm back. That's right. I'm Chase, and I use they them pronouns. Uh, trans is beautiful. Black lives matter, and black trans lives matter. Uh, don't forget that we are also fighting for Tony McDade, a trans man. A black trans man who died in Tallahassee. Absolutely. That's that's those are ding thumbs up. Okay. <laughs> he went to do something only us on camera can see. I was like, yeah, I was like, I, I don't know how to. How do you? How do you like? Like you just like drop something really serious and you're like, and now back to comedy. It's just like uh, <laughs> I, I think community is perfect for that. My I friends. think absolutely. Yeah. 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 Right. Um. I yeah. I'm I'm your third host. That guy. Uh, you can call me Disco <laughs> Disco Stew this episode. Um, Post ironic Disco Stew. <laughs> Post ironic Disco Stew. Um, 
because believe it or not, like disco, the things I've been the things that my people have been fighting for since the sixties have come back. Wow. That You're welcome. This is, what a time. What an what a way to pull it all together. Truly. It's bad for audio. You're not gonna. I, but you, I'm I'm miming clapping because I don't. I can, I can see the clap and it's, it's appreciated. It would oh, peak too bad. Am I, am I just completely peaking a microphone when I do this? No, it's fine. You're on. You you live in Skype. It's okay. I'll I'll fix it. I'll figure it out. <laughs> I'm not real. Precisely. So this is this is the big one. This is the big mamma jamma. We had to get the original Greendale three back together because we are talking about the fucking granddaddy of them all. This is paintball, baby. Yeah! Paintball, baby. <laughs> Uh, season it's 1, so episode 23, Modern Warfare, directed by Justin Lin, written by Emily Cutler. You know what this episode is if you're fucking listening to this show. Greendale devolves into <laughs> the first of its many paintball wars, and it kicks ass. All of the ass. This is the episode I- when people are watching through Community for the first time, they will always tweet or Facebook post or text you when they get to paintball because it has solidly rocked their fucking world and can, and <laughs> will continue. Always be like, to. yo, how the fuck did I not know? <laughs> oh my god, I've been I've been squandering my life not watching paintball for the last eleven years. You know what? You know what was one of those wild things? Uh, it just just rewatching. So in the break that I took in my hiatus for mental health. I also did a full watch through of Community, right? So I have a full watch under my belt on top of this concurrent watching that we're doing. Mm -hmm. Um, Just coming back to this episode, it really stood out. The sound design in this episode specifically is fantastic. Like there are so many like really small, really well thought out sound cues that they put in just like background noises it's just it's composed so well (laughs) it's 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 cinematic and it is so exciting the moment that stood out to me as far as the sound design was when uh i don't want to get too far into it but there is a moment where they are sitting around a fire in the cafeteria (laughs) and it was one of those things where i've seen that episode several times but just this time watching it it just dawned on me that like they started a fire indoors <laughs> so that they could sit around and tell the story of their children uh, because they're playing paintball over priority registration. <laughs> and it is, it's unbelievable because you hear just this beautiful crackle of the fire in it. And it's like straight out of a Western. And it's unbelievable. It's, it's great, dude. It's great. So good. It's so good. Also, in the midst of that most puzzling of situations, it's also when Shirley gets shot and has this like faux emotional moment of "I'm going home, Britta." And she's like, "I know." And she's like, "No, I'm going home. Help me out." Yeah, it's one of my, my favorite. It's, it's incredible. So what other it's fucking so sitcom situation comedy airing on NBC <laughs> would fucking rent a crane? For that one gag (laughs) of the, like, I'm going home. Like, the every war movie has that scene in it. And the the soldier is off in black. And we do this (laughs) fucking ascending bit for this very silly joke. But the camera move 
sells it. If you just have that Damn. steady camera, it that joke doesn't land. But because you rented a fucking crane for one <laughs> shot, you mad people, you insane. They really leaned. They really leaned into some really cool cinematography shots. Like we have this moment where Jeff goes, "I'm gonna let you figure it out. I'm gonna go take a nap," which is honestly. The only plot hole I've ever found in the show is that he didn't uh, wake I'm up willing... to like his car being assaulted with paintballs. No, no. The only I mean, I <laughs> no, he was he was in his car. Parking lot wasn't the area where this was going on for me. And I, it, it didn't register until I watched it this time around was that he walks in with Britta. They are like, all right, we're going to get together. And then not three minutes later, he says, all right, I'm leaving. I'm going to go take a nap. He just got there. The thing that makes up for it. For you ever had such a bad day, you want to just go take a nap right away? Yeah. Though? yeah. <laughs> I think the thing that like makes up for it is because, one, it's very clear that he needed to go away so that they could have this amazing cinematic shot right. of him getting out of the car and this oh. sweeping and elevating of this trash zombie land 28 days later shot, shot. exactly yes, ever exactly. See again i'm pretty sure that's the last time we ever see the quad in the entire series because after season one they didn't have budget for outdoor shots i i there's a little <laughs> bit in season two a little tiny bit uh but this is the exteriors at la community college i mean this is a point in community where they could afford to go into the los angeles community college and say okay shut you need it to down rent the fucking shut it quad down, outside the library it. again for a little bit and we're also going to need to fucking wreck it we're gonna put some glee club guys in the trees we're gonna fucking tip over all your tables and spray them with paint and you just are you call <laughs> that troy Wait. made god man <laughs> <laughs> The other reason why I'm willing to forgive the plot hole of him being like, what's up, guys? Just kidding. I'm leaving is because when he does leave, he stops and just stares at them. And everyone goes, did you forget something? And then here comes post-ironic Disco <laughs> Stew right into the open door. And it is a perfect pratfall. It is perfect. Chevy it's Chase has been trying to nail that pratfall the entire series. And post-ironic <laughs> Disco Stew does it in one. And it is brilliant. It's so good. I'm going to look up Disco. Is Disco Stu credited? He must oh be, but he's probably like a stunt performer. Like, it's not like a day player. You just get like a stunt performer or maybe a professional rollerblader. But, you know. <laughs> uh, Wait, I don't... My question is, did they body double him for the crash? Because they show his face in an earlier scene. Right. Or did they just get, like you said a stunt performer because right, if you just all- put a stunt he doesn't have any lines so if you put a stunt performer in a wig you know you can do that line and hopefully he just knows how to rollerblade enough to like get those get those camera <laughs> moves right but that is that is, and then you know by the time we get to that lunchroom scene where they've lit a trash can fire or whatever and <laughs> you have four rollerbladers circling around and there's smoke and like the the way that the light and the smoke are catching the rollerblader gives them this like herky jerky kind of otherworldly quality and it might just have something to do with the camera's frame rate not being able to catch it at that uh uh, uh aperture or whatever uh but <laughs> it just gives them this like ethereal gang-like quality i love it you have that that warriors reference i'm trying to remember what word they replaced to it but they do the study warriors. group come out study to group. play, uh, do play. 
<laughs> so apparently this study group is like legendary. Like they are known all over as the study group. Yeah, sure. Uh, that, sure. that is how they, they can be called out. A little out bit to more do. in season two, also when Absolutely. they like get into. Or season three? No. Season there's three. a there's a whole there's a whole three, moment right? where they get they get a they have a uh, like a. Uh, what am I trying to say? When you uh, boy, they have like a boycott moment where they get yeah. in trouble because With everyone's like, students. "Y'all are assholes." Yeah, it's wild. It's yeah, and they're like, "Are we the bad guys? Are we oh. the Nazis?" Post ironic disco stew portrayed by unknown even in the community fandom oh wiki. Yeah. Who? Where is? is he? Find him. Who Pay is post- him. Someone get Sarah Koenig on the phone. Serial season four. Who is post ironic <laughs> disco stew? <laughs> I saw a tweet. If we're going to talk about this, I have to share this. I saw a tweet where it was like, but if we get rid of the police, who's going to solve murder? Who's going to solve murder mysteries? And someone straight up said, white women with podcasts. Absolutely. <laughs> also, police don't do that. Also, right? police don't do that. <laughs> Fucking I'm incredible. Incredible. I'm, incredible. I just want you to know while we're talking about this episode, I will be going through all the stunt actors until I find Where this wonderful, Where wonderful person. Where are you? Where are you? Where are you? Where are you? So far? And I'm so sorry. <laughs> right. Oh, fuck. <my God. gasps> Did I find him? That was a quick mystery. Keep going. I'll let you know. <laughs> okay. That absolutely. Was, that was an insignificant <laughs> mystery. He so says. this, you know, there's a lot more going on to this episode than just references, but there are references to fucking every action movie you have ever seen up until the year 2010. Oh yeah. You know, Die Hard and, and is a this one, big one. They put it in later ones. Yeah, Die Hard is a big one because of how Jeff is dressed and like the ending where he pulls the gun off of his back and and shoots the dean. But you have Rambo, you have the Warriors, you have Escape from New York. Like there's fucking everything. Oh yeah, guys, I found him. Yes, (sighs) tell us the name. His name is Aaron Tony, and guess who else he's been fucking stunt double for? Please tell me it's like Falcon. Fucking Black Panther and Falcon. Wow. (laughs) Oh shit! So Joe, and, he's, and he was and he was Falcon's uh, stunt double in Altered Carbon. Wow! Oh, so whoa. so Joe and Anthony they extend they yep, they, 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 carry they extend back the hand and they were like, "Come oh, on!" And they pull wow. him by his little roller blades and they take him up to the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Dude, he's the fight coordinator for Zavala in Destiny Two. Jesus. He did stunts in Jack Reacher. He did stunts in Power Rangers. That's all right. Whatever. Uh, <laughs> games. Has to. Hunger Games, Ant-Man, Avengers, Age of Ultron, Insurgent. He just does fucking everything. This guy's amazing. That's so sick. Post-ironic disco stew. Post-ironic disco stew. I want a poster of post-ironic disco stew. Can we make that happen? Absolutely. Dude, the pictures for him in IMDb are just, it's just him as Black Panther with the suit on. You can't tell. But this dude's fucking jacked. Please continue. I'm sorry. Every (laughs) stunt actor is fucking ripped to shreds. But yeah, if we're going to make a poster, I want it to be like him skating towards us like Xanadu. And uh, like that opening shot. I mean, there's that opening shot. He's got that like breathing straight to the camera. That's what I want. And we get, and we put like bringing it back on a, on a ribbon that like wraps around him as he goes. Oh yeah, I'm, what is what's Leonard's line that Leonard says? Everyone's playing. No, 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 no. The one like right at the top. <laughs> disco Stew. Most hey, ironic Disco Stew appears in the chat. Yeah, hey, he's like, he's yeah. What soul brother? 
He says, "What it is? So, what it is? What it is, though, brother? Can we get a poster of? Is that racist? I feel like that's racist. I mean, at least a little bit. It's not not racist. It may be stereotypical. I won't say racist, but like, if you're wearing roller skates, bell bottoms, a fucking jacket, and a fro that's not your real hair, you're doing it on purpose. Yeah, that's all. That's all I'm saying. So let's get a poster." Of, of of disco stew have it say what it is so brother and then sell it and have all the proceeds go towards bail funds I'm you know what we should it. do just get a just get a picture of t'challa in his black panther <laughs> costume and have what it is soul brother above him so oh. only the deepest cut of people will get it that i feel uncomfortable doing <laughs> that i feel that i feel that's we're crossing a line at that point that may not like land. when people draw like you know all because comic book news sites still need to fucking generate those clicks during all of this so they're like here's a Photoshop picture of Falcon at a Black Lives Matter march, and you're like, not now! Not <laughs> the guy that shows like, up to the protest in a Batman costume? Bro. And I'm no. like, I saw a Spider-Man at one of the protests. I don't know, I just feel like... Miles Morales Spider-Man's better to me than that's, white billionaire fucking playboy exactly. Batman. <laughs> yes. 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 And Spider-Man, The only white billionaire playboy that could show up to me is Iron Man, because... Maybe. I he does have Man. a black friend. Iron Man has, you know, Tony Stark is the guy who's walking around like, I'm not racist. This is my black oh my God, friend. Kevin. This is He's my. Got, I gave him a suit that's cool, man. I'm Arguably not racist. Cool I gave him fine. a suit with a big gun. <laughs> I'm not. I'm Tony Stark. I'm not racist. I, I shared pictures in our group chat, if you guys can see them, of uh, post ironic disco stew now and post ironic disco stew in community. And it's. I'm going to need about a 15-minute bathroom break. Uh, <laughs> looking looking at post-ironic disco stew, sans afro, and orange jumpsuit. I, yeah, I'm going to need I'm gonna need about 5'10". Uh, All right. Stop. So, Kevin. Stop. Stop, stop sending like, more pictures. Sends more. Oh, this one's really vascular. <laughs> this guy's I try. fucking I try so hard. Jack. Yeah, dude. That's yeah, fucking post-ironic disco stew. Wow. Wow. Okay. Well, wow. I'm gonna I'm gonna save these now, and I'll post them on Twitter with the episode because otherwise, like, nobody's gonna fucking know what we're talking about. I just think that just the imagine the guy that plays Black Panther when he's fighting was the guy roller skating and dancing in this fucking community episode. All right, saving these picks. Disco stew one. Discos <laughs> too, too. People that try to fucking dox me and, and you know get my picks of Simpsons characters will be very disappointed by what they find under discostew.jpg. Kevin, if you don't make this a tweet, if you don't specifically tweet this investigative thread of mm-hmm. us finding out who who fucking Aaron Tony Disco Stew is. <laughs> I will be very sad. Oh, I, yeah, don't worry. The, the files are saved, right? And and I will wait until after the episode comes out, because no spoilies. Uh, but I do think it is important that community fans know exactly what we're dealing with here. Yes. And if you need to share his name, I, I added that as well. Aaron Tony. Oh my gosh, wait. There's Guys, there's another massive thing that happens in this episode. Jeff and Britta. <laughs> Only uh, one more? <laughs> well, oh, yeah, Kevin got it. It's the first time that they freaking diggy. 
we've spent 23 episodes of these two, you know, will they, won't they, they? you know, this is before Annie <laughs> really becomes they? a major player in this dynamic. Should they, Which would they, I could they, on, would they, could they in a car? Would they, could they, oh, so far, uh, we, <laughs> and so we, we, uh, pussyfoot around that for like 23 episodes, but that's your language. <laughs> Damn. That's, a, a that's terminology. That's pussyfoot. straight up. That straight up made me heave. <laughs> I could say pussyfoot in church and no one would bat an eye. You know, that's, I, that's, well, that's, that's for different church. reasons. Kevin. <laughs> that's for different reasons. If I, on, on Sunday went over to the local, <laughs> you know, church gathering, and I burst through the doors at 11.01 after the sermon has begun, and I shout pussyfoot, no one will say a goddamn thing. <laughs> oh, that's so good. But yeah, this, uh... <laughs> some, in... some repressed, some repressed dad would be like, where? <laughs> huh? That's my what? one thing. I've always wanted to see a pussyfoot. Um... <laughs> oh, God. So, this episode <laughs> finds... An excellent emotional thread, which is what Community was always so good at with these genre parodies. Because if you if you don't find some emotional anchor, as if it's any other episode of television, it just becomes Family Guy. It just becomes we are doing diehard references, and if you get it, you laugh, and if you don't, you don't. But because this episode finds, and from moment one, that is what we are doing. It is Jeff and Britta, and we are building to that the entire episode. Um, it, it creates this incredible emotional through line that keeps you invested and, and uh, makes Britta's ultimate sacrifice against Chang, like, really impactful. Yeah. 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 Can I also reference or can I also state that one of my favorite Pierce Hawthorne lines uh, is in this episode and it's a short one, but it's when in the beginning when they're talking about Britta and Jeff and Annie says, let's get back to Britta and Jeff. And Jeff goes, there is no Britta and Jeff. And Pierce goes, he said, fully erect. It's <laughs> it's one of my favorite. I'll do it like in my Xbox party with my friends where like someone will be like, I said, I don't like that. And I'll be like, he said, fully erect. It comes up. At least once a month, maybe multiple times a week, depending on how how many times my friends set it up. I love that line so much, though. It's a good line. Good line. Yeah, I mean, also, I think it's kind of fun that immediately after that, he stands up. And for some reason, maybe it's just because I'm a weirdo. He straightens (laughs) his jacket. But I immediately goes, he says fully erect, then he stands up. My eyes naturally go to his crotch to check. And then he covers it. He straightens (laughs) his jacket and covers it. It's because he's, he's got a homie tucked in the waistband. <laughs> That's right. He had to, you know, it was, uh, it's, it's, you know, seventh grade. He's in geography class. He's getting it for no reason. And the teacher is like, Kevin, go up to the board and show us where Peru is. And then you're like, I can't right now. <laughs> I love that this started as a story about Jeff and then his name magically changed to Kevin to let us know that this is actually a story from Kevin's I don't know, real life. Uh, I don't know what anybody's talking about. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what you mean. <laughs> Kevin He's, had a photo in middle school. He said school. fully erect. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Uh. Yeah. I, no, that's. I think. I think you're right. I think you are spot on, though. Like the ability to kind of keep these really functioning emotional through lines at the same time as making a reference. I mean, like as as just literally like when uh like the whole Jeff and Britta when they're chilling out in the study room. And they're like, you know, after the great line, he goes, oh, goodness, I thought it was paint. It's just blood. 
<laughs> and they go in and they're talking about it. It's this it's that moment is very clearly a reference mm. in my eyes to Indiana Jones, you know, where she's taking care of him after he got shot or something. I think it's like the first Indiana Jones. And it manages to be like self aware in that sense because they're talking about it's like Oh, my fragile feminine fingers are taking care of your wound. Blah, blah, blah. They're fully aware of what the situation is. And it maintains this ironic tone that's funny, but also still heartfelt. And it's, it's God, so efficient, it's fucking, you know? It's good, it's, on all it's good man. We haven't even brought God, up real Chang. good. It's Chang's real good. incredible fucking appearance late in the game in this episode. Oh, my God. Oh this is John, my god! Yeah, John fine. Woo it's all John Woo to hell with that incredible suit. Buenos dias, children. And then the fucking uh, music when he walks in. Oh my god! <laughs> it's so good. Unbelievable fucking sting. This is, you know, uh, we talked about it last week with Chicken Fingers, but we are finally at a point in this show where it's like, for an episode, everything will change. The visual storytelling, the the music, the way the camera moves, the, the way the characters speak and the kind of lines they deliver can fully change within an episode um, to, to transform into this. Uh, and, and you can have Ken Jeong wielding a fucking tiger-striped paintball gun waving around a little diploma that says critical media literacy and politics of gender, bitch, <laughs> and fucking <laughs> opening fire. And then the two gold handguns. I, I, oh. I do especially oh, so love the amount <laughs> As someone that like loves also like watching physics vis- videos and stuff, there's the great shot. You know, Chang and Britta don't hit each other. Their paintballs hit each other, and they both get the backsplash from the paintballs. And the fact yeah. that they have captured a slow motion shot of two paintballs colliding into each other that must have taken like fifty fucking takes. They did that for real, for real. They set up, like, two air cannons with laser pointers, essentially, and and lined them up perfectly, where, uh, like, an unbelievable amount of fucking physics. math and oh. physics and science are all working together and, and fucking engineering to, to work in tandem with something, because that is... That is impossible to catch on camera. The your oh, fucking yeah. shutter speed is not going to pick that up. So you have to like run at a specific fucking frame rate to capture that, and then you get like the the backsplash on both of them, which is incredible. Yeah, oh. it's very good. It's, just, it's, it's really exciting good. stuff. They really, really leaned into their commitment to what what was just with their visual storytelling in this episode. I mean, they do it in every episode. They really hit it with the visual storytelling, but like this one really does something special. It's, it's hard for me to explain exactly what it is about this episode. That's like, yep, I could watch this forever. And similarly to when we get the next paintball episodes, uh, it's, they can just be rerun for me over and over and over again. And they don't get old. There's been times where I've gotten legitimately emotional when Troy goes, Jeff Winger, you son of a... Like, you that, son of a... Some, there's been times I've been like, why does this hit? Like, what the fuck? <laughs> it's, oh, it's so good. And it's just like, it's so... It's amazing to me because that trope of you son of a bitch is so strong and so effective that Dan Harmon used it again in Rick and Morty. 
There's an entire there's the heist episode. I don't know if y'all are big Rick and Morty uh, fans. Is, is it this season? Because I haven't watched this season yet. Um, it's either early this season or late last season. Okay, then I haven't seen Basically, it. I've only seen the first. Thing. Gotcha. So it's essentially Morty's obsessed with the heist thing, and he's written a script for a heist movie. I'm not going to give away the big twist at the end, but it's a whole heist episode. Rick puts together a heist, and anytime. In, we're introduced to as we are in a lot of other, you know, Rick and Morty episodes. Rick knows a shit ton of people that we're not introduced to until it's convenient or necessary for us to know them. And so, anytime there's new characters for us, where Rick walks in, they'll just every every single time the new character goes, "Rick Sanchez, you son of a bitch," and it's just <laughs> it's just a great trope. It is and it's. It was one of those things where I'm watching it and I was like, oh shit, like he tapped into something so spot on that he was like, fuck it, I'm going to use it again. And it, it's just, it's great. It's so good. Yeah, it's, it's so uh, good. Yes. Oh, man. Absolutely. It feels like an Escape from New York reference where every, like every character that Kurt Russell runs into in that movie is like, I thought you were dead. Yeah. And so, like, there's an actual movie that legitimately did yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, Escape from New York. Check it out. Uh, filmed in our beloved uh, St. Louis uh, because they needed to find, and I'm not kidding here, the crew of Escape from New York sent, like, two PAs around the country looking for... Uh, I shit you not, the shittiest cities they could find <laughs> with the most, like, run-down streets, and they end up in St. Louis, Missouri in the mid-'80s. I... Um, and the the fabulous Fox Theater, which is, like, now, like, the, a, a the somewhat, steeple, The steeple. You know, no, wait, sorry. Yeah, sorry, a, that's, a, the, a, that's the Peabody, but yes. Yeah, it's the other one, but a, a somewhat, you know, glitzy, you know, tickets are over $100, like, one of those kinds of theaters. Mm-hmm is where they film several sequences in the movie because it used to be a fucking shithole. It used to just be a fucking toilet. Uh, so wow. that's a fun little fact about yeah. Escape from New York I, and my hometown of St. Louis. I history. just watched that uh, with my partner, who's also from St. Louis. Yeah, it's on... Escape a, from New York, yeah, really? it's on Shudder. Oh, Shudder. Shudder. I was a little bit surprised because it's not really, like, scary, you know? Yeah, I was no. like, isn't Shudder a horror platform? It is horror. They do, bre- they do break away from horror every once okay. in a while. It's a little... I'm not totally sure why they do when they do. Um, <laughs> horror um, and cult, and they can probably get... You know, Carpenter is a huge Carpenter, filmmaker. They did it for Carpenter's name, honestly. And then there's exactly. also... Um, but then there's also they also which is actually really fun they also have a pretty decent selection of horror comedy stuff which is pretty fun yeah uh, that's that's almost what my favorite kind of horror when it's so bad it's funny oh but then they also have stuff that's intentionally that kind of fun like intentionally. oh yeah like cabin in the woods yeah cabin in the woods is a great kind of crossover that movie that fucking fun slaps one. dude that's a i love that movie, movie so much that's a good movie it's a good movie but yeah like it was it was it was an exciting Setting turn of events. I didn't realize they made a sequel to Escape from New York, Escape from LA. Which, Don't watch it. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I can't it's imagine. I, it sounds like a mistake because you watch Escape from New York and it's not even one of the. They didn't even set it up where it was like, oh, they could do a sequel. You know how sometimes people are like, we're going to put some little thing at the end just in case we want to come back to this? Yeah. There was nothing there. <laughs> it's no. solid. It is a tight closure. And it's just like, Wait, now you're saying that they're he's gonna do it again? 
but in LA, uh-huh. it's just like I. Why it's fucking stupid. Do- there is. I would encourage everyone out there to look up the Escape from LA basketball scene, uh, because it is one of the the crowning achievements of cinema. Uh, where uh, 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 a gangster has Kurt Russell captive and says that he can be set free if he can make, like, five layups in one minute. (laughs) It's an incredible feat of filmmaking. It's one of my favorite things I've ever seen. But don't watch the rest of it. That was a good idea. (laughs) Don't watch the rest of it. It's bad. But that scene, art. Incredible. Art, he said. How great thou art. How How great great thou art. I love it. I love modern warfare. I love that there's a fucking glee joke in it. I uh, the only thing I don't like is how quickly some of our faves get taken out. I think we lose Troy goes down way too early. Troy goes down way too early. We lose Annie. Annie, did anybody notice? She has this, like, in the first scene, she has a cow print jacket with long sleeves. And then when we transfer to paintball world, she has, like, ripped the sleeves off. And she's wearing, like, a vest. (laughs) It's pretty good shit. Uh, I love that she makes her appearance out of the garbage can and she made a hat out of the top of the lid. Incredible. The shot where, like, there's the man outlines around the, the toilet and the single oh, it's drop brilliant. of paint runs the down. The pan So good. Also, y'all, the fucking paint bomb, the green paint <sighs> explosion is yeah. just cinematic. One like, of the truly... most Joker laughs I've ever heard come yeah! out of fucking Ken Jeong. Alright, now, if we're casting the Joker, alright? <laughs> if... Full circle. Yum. I don't know if we <laughs> talked about it on air, but if we're if we're recasting the Joker for the new Batman universe, uh, Ken Jeong. Ken Jeong. Uh, <laughs> uh, sit by the phone, darling. I'd yeah, I mean, yeah, I would I'd love to see them. that. That'd be yeah. crazy. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm curious. Uh, I'm sure. I'm curious. Absolutely. I don't know. I'll see a screen test. I'll, yep. I'll, I'll absolutely see a screen test, and I'll judge it, even though I have no ability to influence the decision. <laughs> yeah. Why I'm is like, Community such a good show? It defies I, I, all logic. I, yeah. Why? It, Honestly, it, it truly doesn't make any sense. I, I, it, like it's weird because like. There are so many things that are confusing about it, but when we really break it down, you put Danny Putty, Donald Glover, Dan Harmon, the Russo brothers, uh, what's his name? He directed this episode. He did fast. Justin Lin. Justin Lin. You put them all, you put out like Alison Brie, Yvette Nicole Brown, uh, Jeff. I mean, it's, it's, it's a bunch of really tight oh my god fucking uh dean i literally cannot think of jim rash jim rash jim rash he exists for he it's just there are so many beautiful pockets of brilliant performance (laughs) it is and it's It's just it's just a testament to the fact where it's like they got a great cast they let them do what they needed to do and they played you can tell that they're having fun and it is just so it's 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 got heart it has more heart than most comedies i've watched it has more heart than most tv shows yeah that's, <laughs> if i can yeah. be completely honest that's like, fair that's valid yeah there's a dirty dozen of shows that get down and like i can fuck with but there's a wide and diverse majority of shows that just 
feels kind of phoned in for most of its run. For sure. I don't mean that to be any... Yeah, I don't mean it to be any, Making TV is hard. Making weekly TV is, honestly, in entertainment, one of the most, like, daunting, insurmountable tasks. Oh, yes. Um... It's it's a true amount of work at a, at a at no time. You have no window of time to accomplish what you're trying to accomplish. Right. And it, when you get a fucking show like Community that can have hit after hit after hit, it it it, it truly doesn't make sense. There's a flaw in the system. There's it's an it's a mm-hmm. it's a glitch. It 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 should not have been paintball should never have been allowed to exist uh and and it does and it's a fucking triumph and it, it what's crazy is it almost didn't triumph right several times and now that it's on netflix a service that arguably everybody has and it's apparent to them because it's been on hulu for a minute but now it's on netflix yep. and easier to find because it was on the front page for almost a month people are like oh shit I remember when my buddy talked about this show. Why did I get into this show? And now everyone's like, yeah, you fucking dummies. This show was good. Years you ago. stupid. <laughs> you were sleeping, fucking dummies. We were there. We've been through it. Where were you when we needed you? <laughs> yeah, we're basically Cap in Endgame when he's like, you said you'd be there and you weren't. <laughs> I'm mad at everybody who says they like it now because we needed your support. Maybe we can use it now, though. Who knows? We needed. We get. We're getting that fucking movie. We're yes, doing we it. Are yes. Like, we I mean, it's, with quarantine going on, they had the darkest timeline podcast where they brought everybody back for a for a cold read of one of the scripts, mm-hmm. and they mm-hmm. talked about it. Like that made some news headlines. Like we Netflix, do your damn job. Give the people what they want. Childish Gambino, save us. You Yo, the Russo brothers are going around. Netflix. The Russo <laughs> Bring us together. Unite the seven and give us the community movie. Yo, could the, the, the Greendale seven taking down Donald Trump would be a movie I would buy tickets to. <laughs> I know it would probably go straight to Netflix. I would buy tickets. I would figure yeah. out. I would fucking. I would mail Netflix a check I and say thank you. I would figure it out. I would make it happen. Hey, after I, I, because of all the theaters closing in quarantine, Netflix is thinking about buying them up so that they can release their movies. So like, that's right. That's amazing. Fucking, I think there's a fucking avenue there. Yeah, let's go. Let's go and let's the go. The Russo on. brothers are freaking making movies with people they've made movies before with before on the cheap. They've already made, they've already made extraction. They've already made twenty one bridges. Community's on its way. It's on the its way. Community must be on its way. Yeah. I'm afraid uh, that that's that's the final word. All right, everyone, you've you've heard our take. All right, and it's it's time. <laughs> it's gonna happen. Heal yeah. a nation. Uh, so I have opened up the great community rankings sheet. Uh, by the way, listeners, this is the only we had to give Modern Warfare its own episode. Normally we do two at a time, but this it, Modern Warfare demands to be discussed all it on its own. It must be respected. You must you must respect this sacred fucking ground and and treat Modern Warfare with the respect it deserves. Yes. Uh, but let's do uh, first. Let's rank our N tag, uh, Troy's flagpole voicemail. Uh, which of course features a Michael Jackson impression because it was still 2010. We were so young and naive. Yep. 
uh, I I swear to you, as a New Yorker, uh, I still see Michael Jackson impersonators on the reg. Like I still see, I see them <laughs> performing down at the Forty Second Street subway station. Someone hired one to come to my work and sing Happy oh, Birthday no. to oh, the no. other Kevin in the office, and I was like. Is someone just, like, not getting the memo about Michael Jackson? Like, did you just somehow, like, not hear about it? So you're just gonna keep doing <laughs> oh, what I you're think, doing? Yo, Broadway fully was trying to do a broad uh, Michael Jackson, like, jukebox musical. And I was just like, how has no one stopped this? I know that because y'all, like, they're trying to treat it, Michael I... Jackson like they actively treat H.P. Lovecraft. Right. Ooh, Ignoring all the shit that he did. spicy take i'm here for it ignoring that all of hp lovecraft stories are based on a fear of judaism Uh, i i do hate to be that guy google the name of hp lovecraft's cat and uh and And then delete your browser history (laughs) yeah then then fucking scrub your eyeballs make sure you have a handy antiseptic eyeball scrub hand. Go to your fucking biology classroom with the eye wash station and just like fucking (laughs) donk your fucking head. (laughs) That may harm you. Oh, yeah. Uh, But for some reason, until now, because HBO is making a show called Lovecraft Country that's going to directly address his fucking audacious racism. Oh, finally. So like, well, hey. Yeah, like an unprecedented amount of racism. Just like a truly... Just a, a tr- just a, just an enveloping fear of the other. <laughs> yeah, not like a product of his time. Like, even racist for his time. Just like... Yeah, people obliquely. in his time were like, bro, chill. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Everyone were like, okay, that. we're all racist, but you're the racistest of us all. <laughs> if you say something and a room full of racists goes, ooh... You've made a mistake. <laughs> yeah, you fuck you fucked up, Herbert it, Pervert Lovecraft. Um, <laughs> wow. So, uh, flagpole. Uh, how do we feel vis-a-vis? Uh, okay, is it one. is it it's funnier good. than Donald Glover screaming slut? Wait, hold on. Which one is that? That's the one that where is they number have to wear ten. The, the man pants or the lady suits uh, to dance with Chang after they fake their Valentines. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then and then uh, Pierce goes to get Froyo with Chang slut! and rides on his scooter and he goes, Slut Just screams uh, it at him. I think it Oh, whoa, I think oh, I'm looking at this list now. Oh, I yeah. think you I personally like Burton Ernie better than Slut. Well you but, weren't here. But I wasn't here. <laughs> we, fought, we fought about that one though. We fought yeah, about I, that. I, was, yeah, I, that was a big one. I love Burton Ernie. That one gets me, but I'm also a huge Jim Henson fan. So that informs sure. that. Also, I would say like, I knew I couldn't do this today. <laughs> <laughs> see, if if it, see, uh, the only reason I bring that up because I would actually put Oh Christmas Troy, Burton Ernie, flagpole slut, personally. But I think we're in the right region for it. I think yeah. it's somewhere around here because it's definitely section. funnier than vending machine. I don't know if it's funnier than Burton Ernie. It's definitely not funnier than Oh Christmas Troy because that is just fucking sure. mad. Yeah, I can I can uh, acquiesce to beneath Burton Ernie but above vending machine. Yeah, yeah, that works. I'm All okay right. with this. Flagpole voicemail. Okay. <laughs> hey, <laughs> All right. And this uh, <laughs> might be the easiest one since the pilot. Hey, I mean, it's true. Modern warfare. <laughs> 
<laughs> um, so this might be the easiest episode ranking since uh, the time when we only had one episode to rank. Is Modern Warfare our new number one? Um, you? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I guess I- so. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, it's yeah. not. I'm sorry. Yeah, that one's... That good. Number one, <laughs> physical education, mean, take a hike. So does it, take a hike, no pun intended. Does this mean that next episode of this, like, me, we're speaking meta, not next episode of, uh, of Community, next episode of, of the Greendale Three of Us, are we doing the last episode of season one and the first episode of season two? No, there's, no, there's two, two episodes after season this. one. Oh, it's yeah. 25 in the first season? Yeah. Yeah, there's 25. There's a weird, there's a weird um, interim episode before it jumps into the the love triangle that like I I forgive you for me- forgetting is there because I frequently forget it's there. I'm always, right. I'm always like modern warfare and then it's the end. But uh, English is a second I language. Thought was, I thought before... it was a 24 episode. I didn't realize it was 25. No, all we right. have to do the that big well. like they're all taking finals episode and then we have to do the big romantic climax episode. Yeah, there's they the Annie of... records classes and catches Chang. Oh movies. my god, yeah. he's not mm-hmm. actually a teacher. Yes, yeah. oh, spoilies, I guess. I'm um, sorry. Damn, homie. Okay. No, we spoil the, this show on this show all the time. But we yeah, so they kind of get to on do this show. like three <laughs> different finales right in a row, uh, which I think is uh, uh, lovely. Um, so, uh, we're sliding on over, uh, into the plug section of, uh, of this episode. Uh, fuck any, like, creative shit that I'm doing. Uh, I would, uh, uh, it's important right now, and I'll, I'll, I'll include this link in the description for the foreseeable future, but head on over to those, like, Black Lives Matter resource spaces and figure out a way that you can help. Because even if you don't if you're, you know, if you can't be out on the street for various reasons, if you don't have money to give right now, which is completely understandable, mm-hmm. there are ways to lend your time. There are text messages you can send, emails that you can send. Uh, there's so many ways to contribute. And I think if you do have money right now, a good place to put it would probably be, you know, when you're doing the bail is. funds, which is great. <laughs> I would say a good place to put it is that a lot of these protesters are probably going to court. So legal fees being covered, I think, would be uh, an excellent place to donate any excess money. That yeah, you have. or bail uh, funds. I mean, these the, 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 we got to get them out of jail first, and then true. we got to deal with that kind of stuff. Yeah. I actually, Kevin, I shared with you a little earlier. I, I, I'd love to see it kind of pushed out onto a tweet about it. I have an entire compiled activist compiled google spreadsheet with several tabs devoted to specific functions and what you're looking for as far as the objective of what you're looking for of just resources on resources on resources for you to be able to kind of do what you can make a difference share the resources uh if you don't have money to spend or you don't have a lot of time to do a lot of stuff just make sure people have access to the resources you know just because you can't give money doesn't mean someone you know can't yeah i didn't mean to interrupt you i'd also like to since this is typically when we plug in like our 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 stuff as well i was very much in the in the trend of posting queer activists and stuff like that and just like queer content creators that i thought were really great but there's one uh black queer uh content creator that i absolutely adore named gem they are amazing they're on tiktok they're on instagram they're at 
you are doing great. The letter U, the letter R, doing great. And they are amazing. They will help you understand in a fun and funny way why what it is and why we need it when it comes to abolition and just kind of really just a fantastic resource for anybody looking into that stuff so go ahead and check their stuff out they're absolutely amazing they're on patreon they're on instagram they're on tiktok i'm sure they're on other things as well give them a look they're amazing support black queer artists right now um and uh show up y'all that's what we're here to do right now cheer it's true 100 percent I said cheer, and it sounded like I was being, uh, sure. like, it was... de- deflective. Yeah, I was not. <laughs> my, yeah, brain I is, never. my brain is so fucking just fried with Lower. with this, you know? I understand. It's one of the most. It's one of the most encouraging times at the same time as it is one of the most trying times that I think I've been alive. Where it's just like, the oh shit might be changing, but but that's not going to be pretty or quick. So. Don't uh, don't expect these protests to go away. Don't expect that because the Minnesota cops have been arrested, we're going to be okay. Don't expect because even Breonna Taylor's killers yes, are arrested that we're going to be okay. Don't think that because Ahmaud Arbery's killers are going to be charged, we're going to be okay. This is a long process. And um, if you don't understand that asking when enough is enough is a problem, <laughs> then figure out, how, figure out why it's a problem. <laughs> because... It's going to be a long time before enough is enough, and I hope people will remember that. Absolutely. Oh, just a, since since it's still June and all of these are still available, uh, right now the movie Selma is free to rent on all platforms. Just mm-hmm. Mercy is free to rent, and I think those are both really great movies that that speak to these incredible, like, how hard these processes are and how much the system is stacked against uh uh activism of any kind so check those out just since they are so free and available and the criterion channel their streaming platform has a ton of black produced and black centric cinema that is completely free to stream right now um so i think that is all just uh while those are available for another like week and a half i think you know do yourself a favor and check those out uh share black stories absolutely also Um, uh watch 13th on netflix yeah. If you haven't seen it already, if you have seen it already, watch it again. And then there's, hold on, there's another one. For those of you who like theater like I do, we're also getting a lot of really fascinating discussion going on within the Broadway community. It's it's a big old system that's super racist, and we're trying to kind of fix that, especially some of us younger theater creators. And Broadway HD uh, currently has a show up on the Pipeline by Dominique Marceau, I don't know if I'm saying that name properly. Uh, they have it above their paywall. So it's typically super expensive to kind of get Broadway HD because Broadway and theater is a super elitist art form in a lot of its manifestations. But if you want to see some theater, I haven't seen this yet. I actually don't know if it's any good. I don't know how accurately or appropriately it represents these things. But if you're looking to see some black theater i would i would go ahead and check it out i mean it's a free it's a free show on a really expensive platform so go ahead and check that out too if you feel it. let's uh let's spread it all around uh so stay tuned after the music uh i have an interview with elise aka princess bilbo she is a cosplayer uh, and does a lot of community cosplay and has an incredible story uh about gillian jacobs uh, so stay <laughs> tuned for that uh we will be back next week 
with uh, the season one finale. Uh, uh, we have been doing this show only during quarantine, and we are already done with season one, and quarantine is still here. Uh, so everyone stay safe, uh, and we will be back next week. It's exciting times. Give it Oh, hard cut. That was a, that was a beautiful look up. We've been, time. Never we've know been trying happen. to fill the void that you, because you always filled it in with that lovely music, and we have just been fucking floundering. Like, what do we say at the end of this? <laughs> we've just been saying pop, pop. Like, that's, that's how much work we did. Pop, We do love magnitude. He comes into his prime in a little bit, though. Yeah, it's not, we haven't even met Magnitude. Wow! Pop what? I don't know what you're saying. Pop what? What was he gonna say? What was he gonna say? (laughs) Give me some with your your uh, various animal lovers. <laughs> it's just that when Beastars came on Netflix, I'm like, I'm in, I'm already, I'm already there. This is me. I am the target demographic for B stars. <laughs> yes, I will. I will confess. I uh, scrolled over V stars on the old uh, Netflix, and I said, maybe, maybe not this one. Maybe I'll come. Maybe I'll circle back around to this one, the animal people one. Maybe I'm not. I'm very new into my attempt to get into anime, and I feel like Beastars is not a good early attempt. It's not... No, it's probably not a good first attempt at an anime. So I have been doing Kaguya-sama Love is War, and that is very funny and very charming and something that I can really get into. I struggle with the Dragon Ball Zs of the world. It's 900 episodes of people working out. That I, I have trouble with. I've seen it, and I've never been, like, a really big fan of Dragon Ball Z. For fighting animes, I was always, and I still am, a humongous fan of Yu Yu Hakusho, which is on Hulu. There is a YouTube man that I follow that is very into Yu Yu Hakusho, and he he is the uh, reason that I I am attempting anime at all, something that I have always been uh, daunted by. Um, and I, you know, all of my friends' favorite animes were, like, Dragon Ball, but by the time I'm 27 years old, I can't start Dragon Ball Z. I don't think it will have the same effect on me as it does on eight-year-olds. I should hope not. Uh, so that, that probably wasn't the, the correct one for me. Good. I'm glad that people know that I am just a total weeb. That's fine. We all, we all got our own things going on. Uh, and as I've been discussing on the show, I don't think anyone can judge anybody for anything at this right? point. You know, at the current state of things, yeah. If you're a if you're a weep, go for it. Live your live your wildest life. I don't think anyone can can blame you. Yeah, I think my next because Love Is War does not have a, a lot of episodes currently, so I think my next one is Lupin. I'm gonna try and become a Lupin the Third guy. Pretty. This is a good time to get into it because they are they do have a movie that's coming out. 
I saw that, and they and all the- look so handsome in their three in all three dimensions. Oh my god! Like it was the clips are just so gorgeous, and I'm just like, mm, I'm ready. <laughs> it's I'm ready. time. Give it to me, and <laughs> I um in my attempt to fill out the Miyazaki filmography, I finally got around to watching Castle of Cagliostro, the Lupin movie he directed, and I. Uh, fell in love instantly and i said okay i know they're probably not all going to be miyazaki good but this is definitely something i could slide into yeah lupin lupin is a good one that's not one that i actually usually hear like newer anime fans getting into that's like senior anime fans are just like it's time for lupin it's time i've earned my credits <laughs> i've worked my way up through anime university you got you it got time... stamps on your stamp card <laughs> It is time I enroll in Lupin. Yeah, by the time you have been an anime globetrotter and your suitcase is covered in stamps, Looney Tunes style, where, like, I don't know if that's something that used to happen, where you would travel and they would pull out a big rubber stamp and say, like, the Bahamas, and slap it on your suitcase <laughs> like in a Looney Tunes cartoon. Um, but yes, to to enroll in, uh, I'm trying to, I'm taking AP anime courses, so I'm, okay. I'm trying to do Lupin now uh, and just see, just see if it's a, a flavor I can get into. I think, I think, I think you're going to be happy with it. This is, of course, obviously the interview portion of Advanced Community Studies. Uh, uh, joining me today uh, on this auspicious episode is uh, a fantastic cosplayer. Uh, this is Elise. Elise, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you for having me. Yes, it is nice sometimes to turn internet friends into uh, real friends and talk to people, not in meat space, but at least a, a, a casual conversation. Yeah. Sometimes. Yes, sometimes. And I think we've all experienced uh, both sides of that. Sometimes you're like, wow, this person is just as cool in real life as they were on the internet, and I'm very happy I met them. And then sometimes you're like, never mind, I take it back, go in the computer, go back into the computer. <laughs> and that's okay. So uh, I will I will uh, give you the standard introductory question. Uh, tell me a little bit about your community journey. When did you start? How did you get into the show? I am curious. Um, I am very, very proud. I wear this badge with honor. I got in community on the very first episode. My parents and I are humongous Joel McHale fans. So we were already okay. watching the soup. And then he comes out and says, I'm going to be on a TV show called Community. And my parents and I were like, we're in. We're in it. We're here to support you, Joel McHale. Whatever you say, we're going to go follow. And so um, I started We'll follow you to Spy Kids 4. We'll follow you to the informant. Joel, wherever you go. Wherever you go, we'll follow. follow. And (laughs) we did. We followed him uh, to Community, and I loved it. My parents enjoyed it. But I loved it. I've found it's not really a parents show. Parents struggle <laughs> with community pretty frequently. Um, but but sometimes they're your offspring, your youngins. They love them some community. My dad is very much, has always been like the casual TV watcher. Mm-hmm. So everything we watch, he just watches casually. He's never been mm-hmm. one to like sit there and watch it. And then um, my mom is like a sweet little bean and she's just like, I love it. So she's like, I love it too, because you love it. Look at you. You love it. Oh my God. Wow. Oh, 
my god yeah that one time that that happened and i was like yeah on the show this happened she's like oh my god that, i know it was great i loved it i'm like did, did you watch no <laughs> but they they like that you're excited and they yes. want to reciprocate that excitement and that it means almost as much as actually uh watching the thing i find um, 100%. but yeah i i can imagine your dad struggling if he's a casual television watcher and suddenly this show is shoving itself so far up its own ass that it it is calling back to things from years ago uh these minor one-off jokes about like ass crack bandits and and i get why a casual watcher would not be as deeply into this show no but he he does sit there when um when it first so i always own the dvds I, anytime somebody like asks like, Oh, Elise, like, do you have any recommendations for shows to watch? I'm like, have you seen community? You should watch community. And they're like, okay, where do I watch it? I'm like, Ooh, actually I have no idea. I own the DVDs. <laughs> and I like, have these <laughs> worn out discs that sit on my shelf, but I, I love them. Uh, then they're like, Oh, can I borrow? I'm like, Ooh, absolutely not. These are my precious babies. I don't lend these out. <laughs> <laughs> because you might ruin it. it and then I don't have community anymore. Exactly. I'm like, good luck finding it, but find it and watch it on your own time. <laughs> well, luckily enough for us now, it is streaming on the two biggest streaming <laughs> services. So it's it's very easy to find you some community. Yes. And um, because of that, I feel like all my friends have like contacted me. They're like, hey, I started community because of you and I'm just like blessed I'm so happy <laughs> I am the ambassador to Greendale Community College well I love being someone whose tastes are so known <laughs> that people will message you uh you know I I was a, a big drumming up support for the Cats movie when that was coming out <laughs> and so for for months leading up to it people were like uh oh, you're excited about Cats or they would send me any new Cats information and and I appreciate being that guy. Yeah, yeah. With with community, I love the fact that I am the community ambassador. I love the fact that every everyone I know came were like messaging me or texting me, and they're just like, okay, okay, I see, I see, I see this show, Elise. I see it. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah. they'll tell me where yeah. they are, and I'll be like, oh, oh, that episode. But like, I'm like that with every single episode. <laughs> like oh you're on that one what happened and you're like oh you're on chicken figures oh i love chicken figures but just wait for this one and then oh you're there on that one oh but just wait for this one yeah uh it it sounds exciting so okay you're a day one adopter i always like talking to uh, a day one adopter i have nothing against people that come to the show later obviously oh, yeah. uh, but it is for those of us that have uh, been in the shit for 11 years it is uh it's it's always nice to meet someone that's been in this game as long as i have yeah <laughs> yeah i remember um i was already in college when community started and i was actually going to a community college and so i'm just <laughs> like my experience is nothing like this i hate it <laughs> There's no magical Flores Lava games. I can't get anyone to commit to a pillow fort with me. This sucks. I hate all of this. We don't even have a sailing class in a parking lot. Like, nothing. None of my faves are here. <laughs> I, I hate everything. Absolutely everything. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Uh, so tell me a little bit. Uh, okay, so who... 
who were your characters? I know, you know, everyone loves the whole ensemble, but who sticks mm-hmm. out to you the most as your faves? So number one was when the fir- show first started and will always be Annie. Annie, okay. Annie was my favorite character. Um, I just really related to her a lot. I am very much a perfectionist. I am like... You know, I have my the binders, and I'm organized <laughs> like she is, and I'm anal like she is, and uh, everything about Annie, I saw myself as her. And then uh, we find out that she's Jewish, and I was like, me too! And so <laughs> I was just, like, I was really already drawn to her, so she was just, like, my everything, and she was, like, number one. And then after that, uh, when I first started the show... Because, like, my journey with my favorite characters, like, was so different um, because of what I look like and who I look like, apparently, uh-huh. according to people. When I was watching the show, next was Jeff and then um, Abed and um, the, and then Troy and uh, then Britta was after that. And then all of a sudden, even when the show was, like, first started, second, like, first season, second season, and people are really starting to take notice of it. That's when I started getting comments about, hey, have you seen the show Community? Has <laughs> anybody ever told you you look like Britta? And, like, I was, like, so confused because Annie was the character I connected with. And I'm like, how can mm-hmm. you say I look like Britta when I'm Annie? Like, I don't understand. I was even, like, a, a rent-a-cop for a short time, like <laughs> Annie was in a single episode. And uh, so like, I was just like, Annie, all the way, that's who I am. I don't like, what? And I'm literally stopped in the street because people thought I was Gillian Jacobs. Wow. When I'm going to class, people stopped me thinking I was Gillian Jacobs. I was working- You were at a community college, it all, it all lined up. <laughs> and when I went to, uh, when I was at work, at, I worked at Old Navy for a short time even a customer and community was already off the air. A customer came up to me. She's like, Oh my God, I thought you were Gillian Jacobs. And I was wondering why you're at uh, old Navy. (laughs) Aren't you on a Netflix show now? (laughs) Like, do you need the old Navy money? (laughs) Um, But when I started getting those comments, uh, Britta started moving up the list because I started like really paying attention to her more. Um, Mm -hmm. Annie will always be number one, but now Britta is definitely number two. I love that. Um, and you know, what a compliment for people to say that you look like Gillian Jacobs. Like, it, as much as that might get annoying, like, oh, it, good it for has, you. It has not gotten annoying. I'm still extremely flattered when anyone ever says it. It's been quite an honor. Uh, it, Gillian said she had to kill me because uh, there can only be one with her face. She said that I could keep it. She oh, likes that it was cool. nice. Full, she went full Highlander on me for one second, and then she was just like, never mind, you can, you can keep it. Went full Highlander, and luckily enough, you two managed to avoid, like, a behind the candelabra or the roommate kind of situation here. Yeah, and I'm, I'm and happy the two of you could make peace. But honestly, if, if one of us had to go, I would have happily taken that shot. Like, I've been like, okay, it has to be her, it's fine. She's funny, she's, like, really nice, she's so sweet. Like, She's Gilly. We gotta let Gilly go. I'm sorry. Yeah. We we have to save Gilly at at no matter what the cost. When when I went to um, the Vulture Festival for the 10 year reunion, um, 
she was still on stage taking photos with people. And I was just like, I gotta go say hi again. Cause like at that time I've met her twice, but I met her at Communicon. So I met her in 2013. I saw her again in 2014. And then fast forward to 2019. I'm like, she's probably doesn't remember me. And I go up, I'm like, hi, I don't think you remember me, but, and she's like, I remember you. And I was like, ah, okay. I am a wee last. <laughs> oh man, so you were on the on the ground at Communicon. Uh, for I anyone bet. who who hasn't been around in the community fandom for a while, this was the the big community only convention. Uh, and I I don't know. Do you have anything you want to uh, talk about from that experience? That must have been something. Um, Communicon was absolutely amazing. Um, probably some of my favorite memories at a convention. It was where I met uh, Gillian, and that was super awesome. It was so funny. Uh, we didn't know that Gillian and Yvette were going to be there. They surprised everyone, got on stage, uh, and they're like, okay, we can't stay for long, so we'll answer three questions. My two friends, like, rose their hands together. And like we're like waving, and they're like, okay, well we have to answer that their question. They just pointed up to the front. They're like, hey, Gillian, there's a girl who looks like you in the front. <laughs> and like that's just a memory that I have like will always have with me. It was just like this magical moment, especially when she looked at me, and that's when she said there can only be one. And I'd be like, okay, well this is where I die. Wow, everyone. <laughs> I've peaked. It's not getting any better than this. It was also the first time, like, I got, like, some clout on the internet. Uh, I uh, This is Tumblr days. This was wow. back in the day with Tumblr. I wasn't really on Twitter. I had an account, but I didn't use it. So this is my sob story of how I met Gillian Jacobs. But basically, uh, what happened was I a whole bunch of people took our pictures as her and I were interacting. And in those photos, you just, like... One photo is of me getting very verklempt, me wiping tears away, and her just getting very distraught and then hugging me. And those were the sequence of the photos. And I just posted those. I'm like, oh, look at I met Killian. And a few of my friends, like not a lot of people, just uh, like two or three of my friends were like, why the hell are you crying? And I was like, oh, yeah, I cried. That's right. I'm currently a crybaby. I cry at the drop of a hat over everything. A cute puppy tears but back then i wasn't really like crying over everything yet and um so i posted my story about how growing up i was the ugly friend in all my friendship groups and people were happily happily reminded me how i wasn't very pretty and how um i wasn't good enough and when i met gillian I went up to her, I'm like, hey, so like, you know, like growing up, like everyone said that I wasn't very pretty and like I got so used to being not pretty that like you look in the mirror and you're like, oh, that's ugly. That's what ugly looks like. Got it. I'm ugly. And then all of a sudden people were like, hey, you look like Gillian. And I was just like, that's impossible. She's so pretty and I'm ugly. I know what ugly is. That's what everyone has told me that my whole entire life. And, um... And then so I just start crying as I'm confessing and like pouring out my soul to her. And like, those are the pictures that were taken. And then I posted the story. And then all of a sudden, um, like I posted a story thinking nothing of it. And then the next day I'm getting texts from my friends going, Elise, I think you should go online. And I'm like, why? You need to check your Tumblr post. And I was like, uh, 
why? And they're like, just do it. And I go online and my Tumblr post has like 20,000 notes to it. Um, oh my my friend said that she saw it posted on Twitter and that like, she, I was just like, what the hell? She's like, I didn't even see it from you. Um, comic book artist I follow reblogged it and that's how I saw it. And I was like, what the hell? And so that was like my, my 15 minutes of true internet fame was, um, I got famous for crying and, and now that's all I ever do. <laughs> now, now it's become your, your bit, your, yeah. your uh, I, I appreciate you sharing that story. I, I, I really like that story and that's a, a community moment that, that has meant a lot to you. And, it, and that was lovely. Thank you. And, and that is also why she said that she couldn't kill me because I started crying. <laughs> I can't kill someone who's crying. I should try that if anybody's ever trying to kill me. I should just start crying. <laughs> Definitely. Like, someone's, like, like even about to beat you up. You're like, please, please don't. And you're like, they're like shit, you're crying? And you're like, oh, man. I don't, you wouldn't hit a guy with glasses, would you? <laughs> exactly. Uh, Except perfect. now with tears in their eyes. Right. Um, I, I appreciate you uh, sharing that story. You know, I, I challenge a 30 Rock or The Office to bring a story <laughs> like that to us. You know, those more popular, more Emmy winning shows. I challenge them to. Uh, yeah, I think we all know that Modern Warfare is, in fact, a very good episode of TV, <laughs> a very good episode of Community. Uh, since you're here talking about paintball, the show will go on to do paintball by my count three more times uh and i'm curious your own personal taste uh which of those is your favorite and yes i will make you pick one i might have to go with season two because i just being such i loved how strong annie was in it because mm -hmm. i'm still still annie is like still my favorite character so her strength in that and her just love for the group that carries on through it like she doesn't want to give up on Pierce and she's also so strong on her own. And I still love the fact that she still has her like little, like her cuteness still there as she like mm -hmm. gets a crush on like Abed being Han Solo. Right. And uh, gets a little crush on guest star Josh Holloway. Yes. <laughs> uh, it's, it's pretty hard to strip the cuteness out of Alison Brie, I will say. It is tough to make her uncute, but I get what you're saying. Yeah, no one has ever been cooler than Alison Brie in the Western-themed paintball episode. That is the coolest any human being has yeah. ever been. Uh, it's it's fantastic. Well, thank you for making the hard choice of which of the paintball episodes is your favorite. I, I appreciate you uh, laying down the law like that. <laughs> I try. Great. Uh, well, thank you for stopping by. Now's the time where you can tell the good people uh, where they can find you and what you've been up to. I am Princess Bilbo, like everywhere. Twitter, Instagram. I am Princess Bilbo, like princess, like I'm a princess. But I'm also Bilbo Baggins because I'm a <laughs> hobbit. And uh, I, I've been stuck in quarantine and I'm a cosplayer. So I've been working on cosplays from things. I mean, one of them is D&D &D related, which could be tied into community, I guess. I say so. Checks uh, out. Perfect. Um, and then I just, I've been trying to keep myself entertained by posting cosplays on the internet. 
there are some you have some great progress picks up for anyone. Oh, this episode won't come out for a few weeks because uh, we decided <laughs> to get you on the books early while you were still interested. But there are some great progress picks up if anyone is interested in following that. I know nothing about sewing, so it all just seems like witchcraft to me. I don't understand how <laughs> those pieces of cloth become clothes, but you seem very good at making it happen. Thank you. I, I've been sewing since 2006, so I should know okay. something. So I, hopefully you've, you've learned a few things in hopefully. that intervening time. You've been sewing since, like, The Office has been a television show. Yes. All right, fantastic. Oh, but uh, clothing line. Oh, yes, our fashion line. Yes. Yeah. Uh, do, dear listener, is, <laughs> does a line of community clothes made by us sound like a good idea or something that you would be interested in purchasing? Uh <laughs> Let us know because we will make them. We've been talking about it. You know, you get a you get a bib that says "Me so hungry, me so hungry." You know, that's something. Yeah. Uh, we we've got a few. Uh, me so Christmas, me so merry. You want that on a big ugly sweater? We could make that happen. But just like, let us know that that's something you want us to make. I will uh, model these things, looking my trying my best to look as most like Britta as humanly possible. Uh, not a difficult uh, uh, <laughs> attempt, I will say. Pretty easy, uh, all things considered. Uh, so uh, yeah, if you if you want some finely made T-shirts with uh, great community references and quotes. Please let us know, because we would like to make them. I just, <laughs> I want to know that someone also wants to buy them. You know what I mean? <laughs> I feel, I feel like, I don't know if you ever watched the show Gravity Falls. Mabel, one of the characters, Mabel, tries to get this guy to find out if he likes her or not. And he's like, do you like me? Yes or yes? And she's like, I rigged it. <laughs> <laughs> and Yeah, we're trying to rig the game. Uh, if you say yes, we'll know you're interested. And if you don't answer, we'll assume you're still interested in us making a line. Uh, so everyone stay tuned. Uh, chicken fingers. You like that? We'll make, we'll make some chicken fingers clothes. Uh, but, uh, until then, thank you for, for joining me. Um, and everyone stay tuned to the social media when we announce this clothing line. (laughs) I'll cry. I'll just cry. Be like, it's here. We did it. Please. Please. Please buy our clothes. Please. I just, I need money. I think that's going to work. I think that's a great strategy. Perfect. Okay, I'll if do you, it. If you give them the old Annie, Annie Disney eyes, I think oh, that's a, oh, I think that's I, a great strategy. Oh, I 100% have a Disney face. It's, I work there, so I better have a Disney face. That's right. Yeah, you. your face is more a Disney face than almost anyone else's. <laughs> Perfect. This has been a talk back podcast. That was quite a show.